Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger. We do it better. We do it longer. And out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. March 15th, 2014, y'all. Wow, we don't know where uh, where time has gone this year. Yeah, March is halfway over, y'all. Spring is right around the corner. <laughs> we wish. Hey, but no kidding. Spring spring is in the air. 70, 70 degrees here today in the ATL, y'all. See y'all in Ohio. <laughs> hey. It's nice all over because my brother called me. I think I talked to my sister a lot of day from up that way. No way here. Both of them was uh, excited about the uh, the warming trend. Hey, husband, got a mouth full. Hey, y'all. Don't nobody still know. Well, don't nobody know still where that plane's at, y'all. Don't nobody know where that plane's at yet. That plane that disappeared last week, y'all, when the hushmo was coming on. That thing been missing eight days now. They don't know where that plane's at. Look, look like now somebody may have hijacked that plane. I suppose they had that from the jump street, though, yeah. We said that last week. Somebody took that plane. We didn't know then that somehow somebody said that plane climbed up to 40, 45,000 feet. That thing may have uh, knocked everybody out in the cabin if the thing did climb up that high. We don't know what the cabin pressure would have been. Say that... Uh, you can't uh, just breathe up that high. So we don't know. There's a lot of mystery here, y'all. I, for one, hope they find this thing in quick. I still got to take a plane myself in a couple of... <laughs> hey, I got to take a plane myself in a couple of weeks, and I'm kind of leery about what's going up there in the sky. If this thing don't come up, uh, if they don't come up with some kind of rest, rest explanation as to why... This big old plane disappeared off all the radar, all the tracking thing, all everything. Uh, I don't know. We might be driving a while. I don't know now. I ain't, a, I ain't, I ain't above driving. That don't matter. But we're going to see. We're going to see what happens, you know.
they're going to see the benefits of that thing, I believe. They are going to see the benefit of that health care law. And then, I mean, the Republicans may mess around and lose that, uh, what they think they got a stranglehold on the U.S. Congress. They ain't got a stranglehold on that by no means. Now, when uh, so many states are leaving so many of its citizens off of uh, the Medicaid expansion thing, intentionally, that to me is a losing formula. If I'm the Democrats, I'm going to run that all over those people. I'm going to run on that in my states. I'm going to run on the fact that this government is taking my tax dollars that uh, is being paid into the federal government and leaving it with the federal government rather than getting that money back uh, by expanding Medicaid. So thousands, hundreds of thousands, 600,000 Georgians uh, would benefit. Democrats need to pound that message in. Michelle Nunn and uh, Jason Carter need to pound that message in. Uh, The state of Georgia is leaving some 600,000 of its citizens off of uh, uh, the Medicaid uh, uh, expansion uh, rules because they refuse to uh, expand Medicaid, getting millions of dollars back that they sent to Washington. They refuse to do that, and I think it's a crime against uh, the citizens of their state. Michelle Nunn and Jason Carter, they need to pound that uh, uh, over the heads of the citizens in this country. It's not just all black citizens either, y'all. There's plenty of white uh, citizens of this state that's missing out on the expansion of Medicaid. There's plenty of whites in this state that's missing out on benefits that they should be getting uh, through Medicaid because their dollars has went to Washington to fund that program. Now they're leaving it there, while other states are. Uh, Kentucky, for one, is taking advantage of it and getting their citizens all the federal dollars that uh, they deserve. I'm going to post that on uh, Michelle Nunn's website and Jason Carter so they can uh, start uh, pumping that message out there loud and clear. Democrats has to run on this uh, uh, 2014. That in the health care law. The more and more that thing's going up here, y'all. The more and more people that has access to it, the more and more people that's going to be in favor of it. So you've got to continue to uh, campaign on that uh, health care law. This is for the Democratic politicians here in these swing states there. Uh, and all that stuff. you got to uh, get out there and tell the people that they are uh, missing the boat on this Medicaid expensive thing, especially here in Georgia.
let them know that that'll allow them that Medicaid expansion thing. If their family makes under $38,000, that allows them to access affordable health care. Let them know that. All of uh, us uh, citizens here in Georgia who make under $38,000 a year, that Medicaid expansion would allow them to access affordable health care. Now, and you and uh, uh, those people know who they are. I mean, they know who they are. They look. They got the W two. All of them who make under thirty eight thousand dollars that Medicaid expansion uh, uh, under the Affordable Health Care uh, law would allow them access to affordable health care and better uh, 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 health care than they have now. That's what they need to uh, be pushing, and that's what the uh, citizens need to be looking at, black or white. No matter color is irrelevant, black or white, when you, just, when you come down to it uh, in the state of Georgia. It don't matter whether you're black or white, y'all. Uh-uh. 600,000 Georgians are, are uh, denied uh, affordable health care. Because the Republican uh, governor, the Republicans in this state refuse to expand uh, uh, Medicaid, leaving millions of federal dollars in Washington. (laughs) We need to run all of those jokers out of the state, certainly the state legislation, uh, the state government, but even maybe out of the state period, yeah. I believe the Democrats here in Georgia got the power to do just that and is going to do it. I think it's going to be a change uh, uh, down there at the Capitol, you know, <laughs> here in this 2014. I think it's going to be a change. I think people are going to start paying attention to their own pocketbooks. There's a lot of people in this state make under $38,000 a year that could benefit from uh, that Medicaid expansion, you know. It's a lot of people here in this uh, state, white and black, that could benefit from that uh, affordable health care uh, law, yeah. And we gotta, <laughs> we gotta let the people know there ain't no black president thing or trying to take money from no white people. White poor white people ain't got no money for us to take. First of all, <laughs> they, I, I got a reparation argument, but it ain't against poor white people. Oh no! Come on, please, ain't it? But uh, no, nah. <laughs> that's another argument. But this healthcare law is for everybody. Ain't no color <laughs> in that thing. That's what the uh, Democratic politician in this uh, state has has to put forward. That is the argument that they have to put forward when they're out there campaigning. Uh, looking for folks' votes. Let them know this is a pocketbook issue. This ain't no black and white thing. This is strictly a pocketbook issue. Strictly a pocketbook issue. This is not a black and white thing in the state of Georgia. Over 300,000 white folks. (laughs) Over 300,000 white folks in this state will benefit from 
the expansion of Medicaid here in this uh, state. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, hey, we, this is a pocketbook issue. We're going to make the affordable health care law a pocketbook issue. Period. We're going to, the Democrats got to make that thing a pocketbook issue, y'all. Everybody making under $38,000, black, white, blue, green, yellow, red, is going to benefit in this state. And that number uh, uh, is some 600,000. <laughs> We're going to get out and test those 600,000 people and see what they think about this. And we're going to register those 600,000 people and make sure that they uh, have a say in uh, whether or not uh, in their pocketbook, their pocketbook, uh, 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 has to be uh, uh, accounted for. They have to uh, uh, speak out for their uh Hey, let me get my Facebook quiz. Hey, how y'all doing out there in uh, uh, cyberspace? You got the hospital here rambling on. We ain't sending out no tweaks, y'all. We're going to let you know we own. Hey, go to my website, hushmoblack.com, and uh, follow the Hushmo Black form right there. Tell your friends about us. We've got a dial in, 1-888-588-3814. That's our dial in number. We don't take many calls out here. We will. I mean, we ain't screwed. We, we just run this uh, shop all by ourselves. But we take calls from time to time. We versatile now. Talking about my new book, y'all, Racism and Hate, an American Reality. Posted our field excerpt from that book today. Go to my website. Check out my blog. Huntsville Black Forum has got a blog out there. Y'all check us out. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. Like that page. Like like my blog page on Facebook. How y'all doing this, uh, this evening? Hey, it's uh, yet another one broke. I told you folks up there in Ohio, they celebrating, y'all. Says increasing focus on those in the cockpit. Yeah, come on, y'all. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just, that airplane thing is so crazy, y'all. It's dominating the news. Paul Rand, y'all. Paul Rand said that some, some, uh, inner city cultural dilemma, uh, some kind of inner city cultural dilemma that we got to deal with. <laughs> That's what Paul Rand is running around the country. Uh, talking about trying to come to grips with this inner city cultural dilemma as part of this economic inequality. That what he's talking about is why is black folks so poor? And he contends, or he inferred through his <laughs> through what he's spouting out there that uh, these black folks cause this. Inequality, all the, their little old black self. <laughs> hey, that that's uh, this inner city cultural dilemma that he's uh, talking about. His, uh, in the Republicans uh, are so focused on now. Uh, we we took an excerpt from my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. This 
fifth excerpt uh, from our uh, chapter in that book, uh, dealing with reparations, because just so happened what Paul Ryan is talking about is identical to the racism that I talk about uh, in my book, talk about and write about in my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. The racism that uh, uh, I talk about uh, has a great deal to do with the inner city cultural dilemma that Paul Rand is confronting today. <laughs> has a great deal to do with it. Yeah, in fact, they're, they are one in the same. The racism that I talk about is the how should I say the genesis of uh, today's uh, economic uh, inequality uh, among uh, um, the uh, various groups in the society. Yeah, that the separate but equal laws that uh, was in place that hampered um, me uh, and my family, my people here in the state of Georgia, in uh, this country of the United States of America here for some hundred years after 1865, after that Civil War thing was over, all the way up to past when it should have stopped in 1954, all the way up to 1965 period, 100 years, uh, deprived uh, our community, me, my people, economically through the separate equal Jim Crow laws on the books, on the books of government uh, here in this country that uh, <laughs> that took away. We were never reparated uh, for the, that, uh, the injuries suffered in. Had we been uh, reparated properly, in 1954, when Brown versus Board of Education did set aside, by the way, all of the Jim Crow laws codified by Plessy v. Ferguson in 1896. That's just a fact, yeah. That's just a fact. Had we been properly re- uh, reparated for the injuries suffered uh, at that time, we would be in a lot different position here uh, today in the country uh, when we're uh, talking about this economic inequality. And my take on racism and hate in American reality, we look at reparation, we start that argument, and argument for reparation, by the way, although uh, slavery, no doubt, is the bedrock of it all, we claim reparation due from uh, 1865 from the inception of the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment in that Constitution forward. We say uh, the laws of the country uh, took our 14th Amendment rights away. And Brown said that that act was illegal and injurious. Period. So it would be nice if all Brown did uh, was just integrate some school. <laughs> because if that uh, was all that it did, 
it would have meant that Plessy, uh, all Plessy did was uh, just drag some one Mr. Homer Plessy off uh, some uh, train car. But you see, <laughs> neither one of those things are true. Plessy did so much, much more. And by virtue of Plessy doing so much, much more than just dragging Mr. Homer Plessy off that train car. But in fact, what it did was drag or remove all <clears throat> Americans of African descent out of uh, social society in this country here and left them uh, without their 14th Amendment protections. That's what it did throughout society. That thing was humongous. By virtue of that, uh, Brown, <laughs> Brown v. Board of Education, y'all, in 1954, when it set aside Plessy, it set aside a humongous amount of injustices uh, under Plessy. That's what it did. Yeah. Hey, that's just a fact, y'all. Uh, <laughs> injurious. Uh, 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 Acts that it set aside under the separate equal Jim Crow laws that occurred uh, during that hundred years of devastated uh, my community economically. We ain't caught up with the other. Hey, and we go back, like I said, to 1866, the 46 million acres of land set aside in the Southern Homestead Act was the beginning of that. uh, the beginning of those uh, injuries suffered uh, here uh, when the 14th Amendment should have been protecting uh, the rights of uh, all the people. All the people. Now, now, this, in, this economic inequality thing that exists now, uh, the result of uh, the uh, Improper or the uh, not improper, but just not uh, a paying uh, reparation. Well, maybe uh, you know, Thurgood Marshall back there in 1954 received a great amount of pressure from the court not to petition it for financial reparation. Not so much that uh, we had just won the case, but because of the threat of social un- uh, racial unrest in the south can you imagine that now uh don't petition this court on behalf of your constituents for financial reparation even though you just want it because somebody in the south might have a problem and get mad and start hanging y'all all over again start blowing you up all over again if you petition this court for financial reparation now, in my mind, that's uh, that's no less than uh, racial terrorism, yeah. And that's what happened back then. Racial terrorism prevented uh, Thurgood Marshall and his legal team <laughs> from a petition in that court back then. I say now, America's African descent, born prior to uh, that May fifteenth of eighteen uh, nineteen fifty four, uh, has the right to go and petition the court right now. For reparations, do and uh, should receive it without any relitigation. We ain't got to relitigate anything. Uh, it's already been litigated and uh, decided. 
already litigated, already decided. All that has to happen is a petition before that court on my behalf. I think you should get 100,000 signatures together and send it to the uh, White House uh, uh, Internet site. President said, take a look at anything with 100,000 signatures on it. That's what we're going to do. Get 100,000 signatures on uh, on it, demanding that the Attorney General uh, petition that court for America's African descent born prior to 1954, seeking the reparation warrant. Uh, in that uh, in that case, oh, I got a number. <laughs> we got a thing in there, y'all. We hey, get my book, racism and hate, y'all. American uh, reality. We deal with that in chapter. Uh, what chapter is that? Chapter twelve. This is uh, the chapter on reparation. Get it and uh, uh, see what you think of it. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, go about uh, getting a hundred thousand signatures. We certainly don't have nothing to lose by asking. Uh, petitioning this government for uh, uh, reparations for injuries suffered. Uh, there's no statute of limitation on, on genocide, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no statute of limitation on genocide. That's what that thing was. Those separate but equal Jim Crow laws amounted to genocide. Hundreds, uh, if not thousands, of blacks died uh, in those hundred years. All the way to Emmett Till in 1955, the church bombing in Birmingham in 1963. Please. There's no such a limitation on genocide. We can petition the court at any time. And I think the time is now that we should do it under this president. Absolutely. Not because he's black or white. <laughs> hey. Hey, you got me in the hospital out here, rambling on, y'all. Check my book out. Check uh, Racism and Hate, an American Reality. We just got it out there. Want to join in on the conversation of today, uh, the economic uh, inequality debate that's going on. We want to put our perspective uh, on it. We can't just uh, be about, uh, we can't be uh, just the object of the conversation. <laughs> we want to uh, get involved in the conversation. We, uh, the uh, 90% of our community that very seldom heard uh, we want to join in the conversation. We obviously are telling the tenth out there every day, advocating on our behalf, doing a great, great job. I believe they need everybody's support. Everybody's got to bear this cross. <laughs> everybody in this community has got to bear uh, this cross. So, yeah, I'd like to uh, get a copy of my book to Mr. Paul Ryan. Let him take a look at it and see what he think about uh, my perspective uh, on the, uh, this whole thing of uh, economic inequality. The reasons for can't just uh, have uh, we can't just have uh, the conservative right defined uh, uh, what the problems are, taking the snapshot of uh, the problems that exist today and uh, conclude that uh, uh, problems belong to uh, uh, to uh, to our community. 
we we gonna we we got to uh, we got to examine this thing uh, in its uh, totality. We got to look at the structure of uh, the society. We got to look at the history of uh, the society and how uh, the intermingling of uh, the social society took place over this last. 135 years after that Civil War, yeah, we do it. <laughs> we can, hey, hey, that thing is so crazy. We, we take a look at it, and I think we got a great time, and y'all let you know exactly uh, what transpired, exactly why there is such a wealth gap in uh, the African-American community and Americans of a European descent, that community. Why? That wealth gap is so, 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 so great. And it is because of uh, racism. That's just a fact, y'all. It's just a fact. Uh, hey, y'all, it's about, uh, wow, 7.34 here, y'all. We done ran right through one. <laughs> a break, that is. We got to take a quick one. Quick pause for the calls here, y'all. Y'all hanging there. We'll be right back. You got me to hush my. Advocating on your behalf. You're listening to the station of Black So 
he was always flying with a very senior captain, a training captain. And that's what happened with the time of that. It was more than one of the
with surprises. Good. I hate surprises. <laughs> surprise! Whoa. Cheers. That's a We treat you like you treat you. Free like on that store. Give me a card at discover.com. This is Karen and Caroline. They don't know it yet, but they're going to fall Get married, have a couple of kids, move to the country, and live a long, happy life together where they almost never fight with nobody. Just right after they get married, they'll find some financial issues in the office preparing early for retirement and be able to focus on other things like each other. Which is not it's just common sense. From TV America. Oh, yeah, growing in the belt, some of people who work hard is really what makes them actually getting a great car with way too high work hours.
We I'm not gonna allow that to happen. Yeah. We can't allow that to happen. We can't allow that to happen. As long as ice rolls around here, hey, guess what? We ain't. Now as long as I spoke and write. We uh write a chapter about reparation and all everything we write, y'all. We uh we was born here in nineteen forty five in Georgia, y'all, without uh, those fourteenth uh, Amendment protection. We uh is one of the direct uh, victims of uh the laws of this country. And, you know, like it's no different than uh the citizens that uh, claimed 14th Amendment violations because of race up there in Connecticut back in 2000, man, they took that thing all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Supreme Court took a look at the case, and yes, sir, you fine fellows. Uh, They didn't have any reason to uh, discriminate against you like that because of your race and referees. Uh, yes, they did. We uh, are no different, and no different. Uh, we are going to keep. Uh, Gonna keep talking about it, yeah. That's what we're gonna do. And uh demand that uh we get a uh a spot at the uh <laughs> a spot at the table of uh uh That's about at the table of opinions here, you know. We ain't going to be left out. We ain't going to be just what the conversation is about. We're going to be part of uh, the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be part of uh, this conversation about the economic inequality, y'all. We're not going to just uh, sit on the side and watch uh, the political uh, uh, extremes uh, talk about we're going to join in on that uh, conversation. That's what, what our aim is. That's what my aim is out here. That's why I, I talk. That's why I live to come out here with y'all every Saturday from 9 to 10 on the High School Black Forum. Y'all come, coming to you live and in living color over Blog Talk Radio. Great medium, y'all. Blog Talk Radio. Got something to say, writing a book, want to tell your story, just join the conversation. Check it out, blogtalkradio.com. Find the Hushmore, follow the Hushmore, hushmoreblack.com. My website, from there you can go all over the place. Hook up with my Facebook page. I got a blog page out there. Got a lot of exciting things going on with my website. Y'all stay tuned. Buy my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Electronic version three ninety nine if you want a hard copy is fifteen. Hey y'all ain't worried about no money. Come on. Money ain't no obstacle. Not for knowledge is that. 
Hey, money should never be an option or an uh, obstacle to acquire knowledge, though. No doubt. We, uh, <clears throat> what time is it, yeah? Wow, it's about uh, 10 minutes to 8, yeah? Boy, how time flies when you're having fun, here. Beautiful weekend in ATL, y'all. Should have been on the golf course. Didn't have time to get out there. We got so many things going on here after next week, though. Hopefully things uh, fall into some kind of set routine and we can uh, uh, move along at a much more stress-free rate. (laughs) Trying to get our book rolled out there, y'all. Trying to figure out how we're going to Finish rolling it out. We just it's been out about a month now. We still trying to debate what we're gonna do with the thing to get the most bang for our buck here. First uh, thing I, uh, I can do is to get uh, my listeners to tell a friend about it to buy a copy of it. Racism and hate in America be out. Tell a friend about it and uh, check us out. Leave us some feedback. Spring spring training, y'all. The Braves are down there. Spring training, a couple of families. Maybe there's a man down there enjoying uh, the Braves spring training there. I think the Braves lost today, but they've been looking pretty good. I think they're going to be they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here, y'all, in this uh, upcoming baseball season. I assure you that the Braves is going to be somebody that you're going to have to deal with this upcoming baseball season. I mean, we won the thing last year. This year, I think it's going to be even better. I think this year's offense is going to be <laughs> it's going to be downright scary. I believe it's going to be downright scary. We had a couple of players last year play, play way below what the uh, the lifetime average should uh, should well in, and I think uh, that's not going to happen two years in a row. So we get those guys back to just the average of their uh, lifetime production. We're gonna we're gonna blow some people away. We're gonna blow some stuff off the we're gonna blow the roof off off the ceiling, y'all. The Braves up. They're gonna blow some people out of here if they uh, just. Get half the players to do what uh, they've been doing all their career, and they get back to that. They ain't got to do nothing fancy. Just get back to work. What you do? And uh, that offer we signed uh, Urban uh, Santana here. Well, had Chris Mellon go down too. This is a Braves show. We talking sports out here. Y'all don't know. Uh, <laughs> we we getting excited for our baseball season. Yeah, Huskers a baseball fan. Uh, we cheer for. Uh, we root for uh, the Atlanta Braves, y'all. We're a hometown. We're a homer. We root for everything Atlanta, the Hawks, the Braves, and the Falcons. But it's baseball season now, and they seem to uh, be gearing up for a monster, monster run this year, y'all. We're excited. 
And uh, got a couple of kid folks down there uh, partaking in the spring training. I always want to go down there. This one of the days, that's going to be, <laughs> be so lucky to get down there for a couple of games. I think they got three games in this week. I think Brady must have won two of them. I know they won yesterday got pretty good. Crash and they lost today, so that's pretty crazy on me. Nothing. Just got to watch how these players uh, handle his business. I think they was going to have a bust year. I think that's why I made it. 40 home runs and still 40 bases. You know. That guy's got that kind of talent. <laughs> hey, hey, that guy's got that. That kind of tough. I think he may hit 40 home runs. There's still 40 bases. The only reason there's still 40 bases is he's going to be hitting doubles and triples. Hit <laughs> home runs. Yeah, that boy's on the home. He's locked in. He's looking for a big contract in two, in two years. They were saying it for two years. He's looking for a big payday. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about somebody who's on a mission. I think Jason's on a mission here. She's 24, 25, yeah, two good years, be 26, sign another contract at 26. <laughs> what about 90 home runs and two previous years? <laughs> yeah. I don't tell you what somebody pay in or going to be paying in. Somebody's going to pay in. Might be Yankee, might come calling. Yankee might come calling for Jason. But you don't get it right. Lead all man six five two sixty. Like a fly. <laughs> like a fly. I don't know. That guy's got a big, big payday in his future, y'all. He got paid this year, but he got a big, big payday in his future. You watch what I tell you. You're talking about somebody on a mission. Jason's on a mission now for the next two years. He's going to put up some numbers like we've never seen around this part, these parts before. I think he's going to put up some numbers these last two years like we've never seen around these parts before, y'all. Now, that's just what the Hushmans say. That's just what the Hushmans say. And believe now, we, we, hey, we, we got to ask for it. I like what the Falcons did, you know, we, we signed three big, you know, signing things started this week, NFL. Falcons signed two big defensive linemen. Tyson Jackson, I guess, being the queen of the crop of that thing. But, no, we signed two big boys out of Miami. If it's going to come in and help toughen that line up. Last year, we, we almost got people killed, including the quarterback. Called the running back to retire. We had the old time us upgrade. One time us upgrade some of that stuff, y'all, and we did. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, how the drafts coming up here. Pretty soon, I'm looking forward to that thing. I will. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that draft because we got a chance to be to pick up some great, great players. We got a chance to pick up some great, great players, y'all. In the draft, 
trying to see what's going on here. Uh, thanks, thanks, man. How y'all doing? My Facebook friends. What's up? Y'all awful quiet. Y'all been awful quiet out there. Excerpt or excerpt? Excerpt. <laughs> First of all, what is it? Excerpt or excerpt? We don't know. <laughs> what is it, y'all? We're going to figure it out here. We uh curious ourselves now. You know, you know everything <laughs> except how to spell. <laughs> I just don't know everything except how to spell. Hey, y'all, we, uh, we know master speller. Mm-mm. We know master speller. Now, we can get a job now. Make no mistake. We can get this job done. We think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got it right. That's what it should be. Excerpt five from my new book, An American Reality. It looks at the uh, chapter dealing with uh, reparation. That's our new excerpt from our uh, new book. Uh, go out there and check it out. Uh, we are trying to uh, join in on the conversation. You know, this economic inequality thing. We we got to get in on the conversation. We can't just uh, be a, uh, uh, the object of uh, the conversation. We can't just be the object of uh, the conversation. We, Americans, actually said has to be uh, part of uh, the conversation. The entire community, the entire community, top to bottom, has to uh, participate in this uh, discussion. No doubt. It's what we, uh, it's what we try to do with our, with our personal uh, black form that we, uh, do every Saturday from man to from seven to man out on my blog talk. We uh, advocate on behalf of Americans uh, of African descent, not because we don't love everybody. Um, uh, we do, uh, but uh, just by extension, we part of that uh, community. We find ourselves advocating for uh, justice, social justice, on their behalf. Try to provide a platform for uh, the 90% of our community that has uh, got no platform to speak of. We have no platform like to think that has uh, got the pulse of uh, the grassroots uh, of our community. Hey, y'all. We're going to take another quick pause for the calls here. We'll be back hanging there. We've got uh, about another hour to do. 
got a, a great, great, uh, got some great, great uh, topics coming up here. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf. You're listening to the Black Phone. Saturday, 7 p.m. Right here in cyberspace. Thank you. 
March 15th, yeah. One of the mysteries of our uh, our day technical technical mysteries is how a triple seven airliner could drop off uh, what seemed like out of the face of Earth. One theory how, is it's almost impossible for that thing to drop off of the face of the earth. I uh, We, uh, we, we, <laughs> this thing got the hush book captivated, yeah. <laughs> this, this thing, this plane, this plane 370 has got the hush book captivated here. We, we curious here. We're going to be planning to pick up the weeks and we, we want to know some answers to what's going on in our fast sky. How is this possible that this big old triple seven that disappeared like this? We want some answers, huh? We got to have some answers here, you know, on this thing. Hopefully, uh, they are forthcoming <laughs> within the next day or so. I mean, this has to be traumatizing, you uh, for the families, no doubt. They, uh, no doubt it's summertime for the families. I mean, this thing has been going on and now. Eight long days. And this might be one of the, uh, Mysteries of our thing. Excerpt. We, we, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. We're gonna read you the excerpt, excerpt five from my new book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Uh, it looks at uh, the chapter uh, that deals with uh, reparation in my book, and that is uh, chapter twelve. As economic inequality the debate heats up, we as a people, Americans of Africans, cannot 
allow the ideology of the conservative right take a snapshot of uh, conditions in our uh, community today and include uh, what are you put about in uh, the notion of Congressman Paul Ryan that suggests this inner city cultural dilemma is somehow self-inflicted by the black community on themselves without providing a historical context of the root cause. This is a city culture dilemma that Congressman Paul Ryan is running around the country talking about has to do with the exact racism that I talked about and write about in my new book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, where I point out that the separate equal laws, the separate equal Jim Crow laws that was in place a hundred years after the Civil War injured millions of Americans African economically and they were never reparated properly for those injuries. Although they won the legal bell for those injuries in nineteen fifty four in the nineteen fifty four case of Brown v. Board of Education. If I set aside the eighteen ninety six case of Lassie versus Ferguson, which had codified all of the Jim Crow laws of the South into national law. The Marshall's legal team never petitioned the court for financial reparation back in 1954 due mainly to pressure from the court not to do so in order to prevent further racial unrest in the South. This is was uh, nothing less than racial terrorism, a threat of racial terrorism. Should never have prevented the third Marshall from petitioning the court for financial reparations on behalf of millions of Americans. I further make the argument that Americans of African descent born prior to 1954 should ask this U.S. Justice Department to petition the court for those financial reparations that was wrong in that case in 1954. The, uh, this uh, uh, could be accomplished by uh, getting some hundred thousand signatures on a petition and posting it uh, on the White House uh, website. The president has already said that anybody come up in there with a hundred thousand signatures, he's going to take a look at that and move it forward. So that, there's been all kinds of things that's went up there with that. Uh, hey, they had 140,000 signatures to the deep port Justin uh uh, Bieber, yeah. To deport Justin Bieber uh, to Canada. They had 100,000, uh, $140,000 signatures sent up to the president. Wow. Surely, <laughs> surely we uh, should be able to come up with 100,000 uh, asking uh, the Justice Department to petition the court on our behalf for uh, injuries that uh, have already been litigated. And, uh, uh, has already been litigated, and uh, uh, we will want the case. My reparation argument dates back to the Southern Homestead Act of 1866, where 46 million acres of land was set aside for Americans after the sent the newly freed uh, slaves, ex-slaves, uh, but it was denied. They were denied that land due mainly to 
the discriminatory laws uh, known as separately. That's a fact. Those same laws deprive the those five million newly freed slaves of the of the catalyst of uh, real estate that was so vital to their assimilating into the society on a, a sound footing economically. That initial denial of that real estate was akin to uh, the Israelites being denied a land when they came up out of Egypt. Yeah, there's no difference. Yeah, yeah, better take that thing out. There's no difference. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. I really believe when those reparations are paid, this economic inequality (laughs) that exists now, uh, that thing would uh, be raised uh, in a heartbeat. We believe uh, we we have a solution here in my book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Y'all pick up the copy and let's talk about it. Hey, you got me to hush, bro, driving this train tonight. Trying to make sense of it all. Trying to make sense of things that just don't make no sense, y'all. That's what we do out here on the Hushmo platform. Trying to make sense of things that just don't make no sense. And Lord knows this uh, argument that uh, is being put forward on this uh, economic inequality uh, thing don't make a whole lot of sense to the Hushmo. That's why we have to... Uh, Join uh, uh, in the debate. We have to put our two cents uh, forward and uh, make sure that it is heard. Make sure it is uh, part of the conversation. Absolutely, it's what we do. It's what we do out here. Provide a platform for uh, the grassroots in our community. Try to run their flag up the pole, <laughs> their uh, aspirations up the pole, <laughs> so that uh, the greater society can uh, hear from them. That's what we try to provide out of a message from the grassroots that the larger society can understand. My book, y'all, pick it up, Racism and Hate and American Reality. It's critical to the conversation of today, we believe. We think it's critical to the conversation of today, dealing with the economic inequality. We uh, believe it's a vital, a vital, uh, Nugget uh, that's uh, that has to be a part of uh, that uh, debate. Without it, uh, we think uh, the debate is hollow. It's hollow without uh, the perspective of. Uh, the grassroots in our uh, community. The argument, the whole argument is hollow. The whole debate is hollow if you're talking about economic uh, inequality without uh, uh, taking in uh, 
the perspective of uh, those who uh, who's had that foot on me for uh, all these what I've been thirty-five years since the Civil War was over. Now that the baby's going to be hollow without that, that impulse. The solution is never going to be able to uh, be reconciled without taking uh, in and uh, dealing with uh, that uh, that input from uh, the grassroots and out of American Africans of that community. Those are the Americans that was directly directly injured by classic. Uh, by the Jim Crow laws and Pleasant Califact. <laughs> We're going to keep talking about it yeah, until uh, this thing play out for this another week, another year, another three years, another lifetime. We're going to continue to uh, push it forward. As long as we've got uh, racism produces a bio, as a byproduct, hey, uh, that's a sad uh, but absolute fact that it does. Uh, you can't you can't uh, be a racist without. Uh, Somewhere, somewhere, hating, hating you. Hey, that's just the law of nature. That's just the law of nature. We think both of us are out here in our small black world. Racism is hate. We contend that racism is proactive and hate is reactive. <laughs> but both of them, nonetheless, or uh, seeing in the eyes of the man upstairs that this, this is what the husband believes. That. You have to believe what you want to believe. Hey, that's going to be the preacher, a teacher, no prophet. Although, <laughs> we, although we, we are ready with the man upstairs. I'll let you know that. I'll let you know that right away. We did. Hey, I'm just, uh, just ready with the man upstairs. Uh, got caught up in that uh, biblical rally. Have a shadow of death, yeah. Back in the, uh, uh, in the day, in that uh, Vietnam Warrior, right in the middle of that thing, out on the battlefield. One June six July sixteenth. One June, July sixteenth, nineteen sixty six, y'all the husband got caught up in that uh, biblical valley of the uh settlement. Right? Oh yeah. And uh, we talk about it in our book. We'll always talk about that in our book until we stop writing <laughs> that and uh, this reparation thing. So that's just a given. Uh, Pick it up. It's an interesting story. Interesting story, y'all. How uh, 
the man upstairs uh, intervened on our behalf that day. Intervened on my behalf. That's no bad that day. Out there in that valley, yeah. Didn't have nobody else to, uh, didn't have nobody else to, uh, turn to. Turn to, uh, the man upstairs. He, uh, in distress, I called upon the Lord. That he heard my cry and put me in a higher place. Hey, that's 118, Psalm 118, chapter 5. Now check it out. Huh? That's what I'm going to preach about. We do. Uh, Psalm 118, chapter 5. Now check it out. Psalm with the man upstairs. So we do in our book. Y'all check it out. Hey, y'all. It's about, uh, wow. 27 minutes after 8, y'all. This thing's get away from us here. This evening's get away from us. Just about that time, we've uh, about got this thing behind us, y'all. How time flies when you have having fun, they say. And we do have plenty of fun out here on the Hushmore Black Forum entertaining our uh, guests in cyberspace. Y'all pull the show down uh, and uh, listen at it from time to time at your own disposal, uh, at your own leisure. You don't have to sit up here for two hours and listen to the Hushmore. I know most of you don't do it anyway. <laughs> but uh, come back, maybe one Wednesday, uh, Morning or evening when you have nothing else to do. So, oh, let me uh, get out on the Hushmore Black, uh, HushmoreBlack.com and uh, check out, see what the Hushmore was talking about last week. We got a blog called Button out there, y'all. You can go check it. We got all our shows archived. Just hit the play button. And it'll walk right down to our last five or six shows there on that. If you go to HushmoreBlack.com, that's our website. Hushmo. H-U-S-H-M-O-B-L-A-C-K. Hushmoblack.com is our website. There on that uh, home page, we've got a, uh, a, blog, a blog talk radio play button where you can uh, play. we got all our shows archived right there. You can even listen to us live if you were out there while we was on the air. You pick up the Hushmo Live streaming uh, over there. Go to our Facebook page from our website page, follow us on Facebook, like our page. We've got three different pages out there on Facebook that we manage. All uh, dealing with the Hushmore, yeah. no doubt. But uh, yeah, y'all check us out. Join in on the conversation. We need everybody. I'm going to repeat myself. We need everybody to bear uh, bear uh, this cross. We need everybody to help uh, in bearing this cross. Everybody in the community has to uh, share in, share in the uh, lifting of uh, this cross. No doubt, this is not uh, for the talented. Tip. <laughs> this is for all one hundred. <laughs> this is. 
this this uh, struggle cannot and must not uh, be just uh, 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 put on our talented tendio. Uh, this this uh, argument for economic inequality, this argument for economic equality in our community has to, to include every single uh, citizen in our community has to participate in this uh, struggle, no doubt, from the top to the bottom, <laughs> and all freedom, <laughs> and be taking all freedoms so. all freedoms. When I turn to anybody will wait. Is this struggle for economic equality? Part of it, I make the argument, has to do with uh, reparations, uh, financial reparations, too, by uh, the Republic. Financial reparations from uh, the Republic of uh, the United States of America. Absolutely not. It ain't not from some poor white person over there. I don't want to take them poor white folks. You know, they don't, first of all, they ain't got no wealth. Only 1% of the whole country got wealth. Everybody else is dangling out there with the high school stopping. We're talking about the Republicans. Found out more about it, yeah. Pick up a book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, and we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. I mean, I can. <laughs> wow. What else going on in the news, y'all? Oh, no. The president of uh, Malaysian Prime Minister, he's back out talking. Got another news brief, y'all. We'll bring y'all up to date here on that next week someday. <laughs> We're going to see what happens. We're going to do this thing another week to play out, y'all. This thing ain't solved by next week. That following week, the high school's supposed to take off in a plane. <laughs> that thing might get the lead, y'all. That thing might get the... Uh, <laughs> that trip might get the lead. We might take off, but it might be in the car. <laughs> we might take off for the weekend, but it might be in the car, y'all. I'm just, I'm just here to let you know right now. It ain't no guarantee that Nashville won't get in the plane if they don't find out what happened to this thing in a much more concrete way. In a much more concrete way than what they've done so far. We don't know if anybody, is anything safe? The cruises, are they safe? Every other week a ship is breaking down. They're towing thousands of people in. Marooned at sea. Paul <laughs> is broke. Everything. Food, food. Hey, come on, y'all. What's going on in the world? Hey, <laughs> hey y'all better get yourself together. <laughs> hey, you better get yourself together, yeah. That's all I can say. These uh, people professing to be Christians. You know, all these people that's professing to be Christians <laughs> that might not be. 
that <laughs> may be uh, hypocrites, the uh, uh, somebody you better get yourself together. The man upstairs might be trying to uh, tell you something. The man upstairs may be trying to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when all this fell, and man can't seem to uh, write his uh, moral compass, guess who can? Hey, when man can't uh, get that moral compass in balance, uh, I know somebody who can. I know somebody who can, y'all, without a doubt. So I don't know. We just, uh, kind of take another quick pause, y'all, for the calls and try to come back and close this thing out here. It's about, uh, 25 minutes to man in the ATM. We're going to take another quick pause for the calls here and try to come back and wrap this thing up and uh, see if we can make sense of uh, where we get in the world. This uh, March 15, 2014. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back shortly. Uh, hang in there. You got me to hush more. We'll be right back. Tell your friends about us. Saturday, Right here in space. Professional pilots. 
turning off the systems, changing course, taking it to a high altitude, uh, flying in air corridors, radar, taking all the risk of flying seven hours doesn't sound like your average terrorist. This wasn't the 9 11 terrorist. Whether it's the actual pilots or not, I can't tell you. But I find it interesting that they went for seven hours and more simple. Pilot committing suicide, which has happened in the past, would be taken into the ocean. So he had some motive at this point somewhere. And that's the big mystery. I think they think go house. Even if he uses simulation or the co-pilot as well, they will find the connections between you know, high interest to US intelligence. China and the Uyghur region, an area that has had issues with China. Couldn't conceivably have been pulled into this area without being detected. I think so. I think if you're Tajikistan, for sure, I've been in those radar sites. They're, they've fallen apart. There's not much there. Um, you know, U.S. radar helped them pick some up, but the locals wouldn't necessarily see it. But that's the thing, you sell the Yeah. <laughs> 
no, we we pretty uh, we we pretty free of that stuff. Got some some other issues. Oh yeah, you get to be you get to be the host for a day. My name is Giovanni Dalton. Whoa, what's going on, man? That's my that's my stuff. Oh yeah, that's playing. Which repeated? That's playing with buttons, y'all. <laughs> hey, cut it out. That's my playing with buttons, y'all. Excuse the uh, interruption. Here. We try to see what's going on, <laughs> somewhere else. <yeah>. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, we back. Come on, y'all, cut it up. What happened there? <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened there, y'all? Y'all get back. Y'all trying to, y'all trying to uh, throw her, the husband a curve right here tonight. They're trying to throw the husband a curve right here tonight, y'all. We ain't having none of it. We ain't having none of that tonight. Okay, there we go. We back. Get this thing back straight here. Don't start no stuff and it won't be none of it, as we used to say. It don't start no stuff and it won't be none. You know, if you start it, we don't mind finishing it. <laughs> hey, if you start it, we don't mind finishing it. You know that. Y'all don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, even though. See, so you don't even know. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going to try to uh, do some exciting things with our book here come April, y'all. We're going to see how just how that thing goes. We, we plan on making a pretty big splash in April with our book, y'all. I suppose should be uh, a lot more uh, vocal come April. We should... Uh, be much more uh, engaged in uh, the conversation of uh, today concerning this economic inequality. Now. We think that's our niche. We think we have a real good take on uh, some of the reasons why it is that uh, the economic uh, divide exists. Check our book out. Racism and hate in American reality. We we talked about it. We discussed it. It's not a uh, hateful um, book at all. It uh, talks about uh, our history, my family's history, the country's history, and how uh, the separate equal laws, racist laws, uh, affected uh, me uh, and my family and my people. Period. Nothing more. Nothing less. Nothing hateful. Uh, 
other than crime, uh, the hate that uh, the racism uh, produced. Uh, so take it in the book is for everybody black, white, brown, yellow we want everybody to pick it up and read it talk to us about it debate it uh, we think it has something for everyone no matter your religious persuasion No matter what your religious persuasion might be, we think we can find something. Did you know that uh, the Pope of the Catholic Church was instrumental in uh, ushering in uh, the West African slave trade back in the 1650s? Did y'all know that? Did y'all know the Pope of the Catholic Church back then, Pope Nicholas V? was instrumental in uh, ushering in that uh, West African slave trade. So known black history that I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I miss it in my, it's in my book, because yeah. when, when I start talking about racism, uh, I uh, trace the history of uh, that uh, West African slave trade, because remember we're dealing with racism and it pertains to this country I am. I'm looking at it just uh, in this country, my uh, people's uh, journey here in this country. Pretty much is where I uh, confine my, uh, where I concentrate my efforts uh, on, on that. in research and racism. Uh, I had a few at the beginning of uh, that was separate slave trade, and I found out that in my research that uh, one Pope Nicholas V in 1452. 1452 now. This is 40 years before uh, Columbus discovered in 1492. You know, history, of course, that is Columbus discovering uh, this new government. 1492, so 1452 is some 50 years, some 50 years, or well, 40 years prior to uh, that discovery of Columbus there. Police failed. Uh, Pope Nicholas V issued uh, what is known as a dumb diversion, this dumb diversion, a papal bull. Papal bull is a decree or directory to uh, all the cardinals of uh, under the Pope, directing them uh, in some manner uh, dealing with uh, how the church is, how the operation of the church. Dealing with some aspects of uh, governing that church. But this dumb diversity in particular has to do with uh, giving permission to uh, the king, the king of Portugal, and the king of Spain, giving them permission to enslave non Christians, giving them permission to uh, enslave non Christians. Among those non-Christians that uh, King of Portugal, King of Spain, did eventually enslave were the West Africans. 
<laughs> yeah, they had permission to enslave the West Africans. They were uh, neither were uh, Christians nor uh, they were considered heathen. Some something lower than a heathen. Remember, I some inhuman no more. They enslaved those people and uh, scattered them all over uh, the New World. Yeah, that Columbus stumbled into some forty years later. They drove those people out of West Africa, put them in chains, and enslaved them for over 300 years, uh, acting on that, uh, acting morally on the authority of that uh, dumb diversity. Issued by this Roman Catholic Pope back then, 1452. That's just a fact. So, when I. So, when you look at racism, you have to. You have to consider. You have to consider uh, that as one of the uh, pillars of uh, its uh, uh, genesis. One of the uh, main uh, uh, one of the main pillars that uh, of its uh, genesis. No doubt. Uh, yeah, that act by the church, a Christian, the Christian church. Uh, here you have the Christian church playing a significant role in uh, enslaving uh, humans. So what was the intent? Was it the intent? What was their intent? To bring uh, these heathens to uh, God, or what? was that their intent? Was that the was that Pope Nicholas V's intent when he issued this dumb uh, verse? <coughs> Did he have in mind enslaving all these humans in order to uh, convert them to Christians, and and uh, or what? We, we look at it enough, okay. You know, you know, go check it out. Racism and hate in American reality. Uh, we try to make sense of it all. Uh, we try to break it down to a uh, layman's, uh, so a layman like uh, me uh, can understand. We take a collection of documents, essays, historical events uh, over uh, our history here in America and try to uh, and try to paint a picture you know, of how it is that uh, racism affected uh, the society and uh, 
the impact that it had on the, the society and uh, how it played a part and still playing a part in this uh, debate that we're having in the country now, the greatest the debate of our age, according to the president, is this economic inequality that exists in the country. The president of the United States said that that is the greatest debate of our time this economic inequality. We deal with a, a racism and hate in American reality in our um, uh, perspective, our uh, two cents work, uh, if you will, uh, uh, own uh, uh, some of the causes of that uh, inequality. Some of the causes of that inequality has uh, a victim of, uh, as a victim of uh, those uh, those causes, <laughs> yeah, we're victimized by those causes. The laws are the separate equal laws. Victimized millions of Americans of their. Uh, Constitutional uh, rights victimized millions of Americans of their constitutional rights. Curious, simple as that, y'all. Check my book out, Racism and Hate in American Reality. We're going to be talking about it, y'all, throughout uh, this year, the remainder of this year, throughout the remainder of this presidency. Next three years, we're going to be talking about it because it's going to be part of the conversation that long. We have no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that that thing's going to be in the conversation for the rest of uh, <clears throat> the rest of this presidency's uh, term, three more years. So we we don't mind. We don't mind, you know. uh, But we need everybody. We need everybody <clears throat> within the <clears throat> within the sound of my voice to join in, join in the conversation. We need everybody uh, to carry this fair share of uh, this burden. Everybody has to carry their fair share of this cross uh, to fight this uh, bell of uh, injustice, this economic inequality. Uh, hey, y'all, that's it. just about going to do it for us out here. You got me where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder out here on the Hushmore Black uh, Forum, y'all. We don't like to get loud, but we will might have to uh just to uh just to uh ward off uh, some of the uh craziness that's coming at us from uh the likes of uh or uh, powerful uh segment of uh, the government itself. Hey this uh uh Congressman Paul Rand is a, a powerful uh chair chairman of a uh a powerful committee there in the House uh, has unbelievable power over uh, the daily lives of uh, our community. We have to stay in these. That's what we plan on doing out here on the National Platform. Hey, y'all, that's just about going to do it for us. Come back. Come back and participate next week on the Hartsmore Black Forum. Y'all, we'll be back at the same time, same station. Uh, 
next March twenty uh, second, y'all. Uh, until then, y'all. Ciao. Uh, we'll see you back here uh, next week. It's the Hushmo Black Forum, advocating on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>